Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 341. I'm very tired. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. Uh, Tim Spence is with us. Barely. Are you tired as well? No, I'm good. I've had a coffee. Oh. I'm raring. Oh, geez. Uh, Adrian Penny. Hi. Matt Lawrence. What's going on? How y'all doing? You doing good? My arm hurts. Doing well. <laughs> Superman does uh, some good. Are... Oh. What? Like grammar is important. Like, like Superman does good. I'm doing well. But if enough people said good, wouldn't that just become the new language? It would, yeah. That is okay. how language works. <laughs> uh, some of the top stories this week include we got several trailers, uh, and Tim's actually going to break one down for us uh, a little uh, soon. Pretty pretty off the top here. Well, in, in um, this in this episode, <laughs> yeah. So, so stick, the, the trailer stick around. Yeah. Uh, we also got Horizon Zero Dawn and Far Cry 6. Uh, not necessarily trailers, but like long showcases, I guess, of, of sorts. Gameplay showcases, yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, Xbox Summer Briefing is coming on June 13th as a joint show with Bethesda. We'll talk a bit about that. Um, Borderlands 3 crossplay update. It's it's apparently coming, but not on the PlayStation consoles. Uncharted 4 is also coming to the PC, uh, according to an investor report. And Sony will start bringing some of its iconic PlayStation IP to mobile this financial year. Um, so we're going to start with what's new. Uh, Matt, what is new with you? Me? Uh, a bit of a weird one this week, actually. Um, so I beat Red Faction, the first one, from PS2, way back from 2002. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week, but I got a really good deal on Red Faction 1, 2, mm-hmm. and Gorilla, the remastered one, called Remastered. Of course it is. Uh, and then also Shenmue 1 and 2. I got them all for like 26 some odd dollars Canadian, which is really good. So I grabbed them all. It was on the retro sale on the PlayStation Store. And I uh, went, I went, hmm? Remastered only makes sense if you know it's on Mars. Correct. Well, actually, there, there's the weird <laughs> thing. So I beat the first game and then I started the second one. And as far as I know, and I haven't like done research or anything, but as far as I know, the first game came out in 2002, and I believe the second game, I could be wrong, came out in 2003. The difference between those two games is really astonishing. Graphics are way better in the second one. There's proper cutscenes. Jason Statham is in the second game as one of the characters. <laughs> you you were um, really excited to tell us that yesterday. Oh, I was, that was awesome. I booted it up at like one in the morning. I was like, oh, I'll play this. And then I hear someone like call out from the helicopter, and I was like, holy fuck, that was Jason Statham, wasn't it? And I look it up, and I'm like, that's freaking Jason Statham. So, yeah, I was pretty excited. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I went into Red Faction just because I, I played the first one as a kid. But you can kind of get into a lot of the vehicles in the game. And there was destructible environments, which was pretty big for the time. And I just kept getting into a mining machine and drilling the walls because I thought that was cool for some reason. So I didn't. I never beat it. So I, uh, I beat it. And uh, now I'm actually really far into the second one. So I got stuck on a part and I just wanted to know, like, what hallway to take because I was just sick of running around in circles. So I looked it up, and uh, I think there's only two or three, I believe it's three missions left. So I'm actually really far on the second one. Um, the second one's, the first one is really old feeling. The shooting canics are old. There's like auto-aim and stuff like this. Um, but it's it's really well crafted. I think I mentioned that last week. Really well crafted. Cool little like side quests. And there's a lot of thought uh, put into how to get through some scenarios, especially stealth ones, without... Uh, without like alerting anybody. Now, of course, like by today's standard, it's not super, super impressive. But like even playing it today was a was a pleasure. It was really well put together and thought out. 
The second game, like I said, it's really flashy. It's got better graphics. It's got all this stuff, voiceovers. It's got characters uh, that are like more defined. It's got like a like a group of so we're like super soldiers. There's like the bit. There's like the general guy that's like the head of. Uh, he's kind of like the head guy from Small Soldiers. You have you, which is whose name is Alias. You're the explosives expert. Uh, there's one girl that is the sniper. There's another one. There's another woman that is the head of I don't know any of these people's names. There's a the, another woman that's the, a uh, stealth and hacker. And then there's another guy that is like the big guns expert. So, um, oh, and another one <laughs> who Jason Statham plays, who's like the vehicle expert. So you kind of are going after uh, some guy named I can't remember his name. So, so calm or not, not so calm. So or something like that. I can't remember his name, but he's like some dictator guy. And, uh, there's like a whole story around it, but the, the second game is, is good. Like I said, like it's more flushed out all the rest of it. But even though, even though it's more flushed out, it just feels more shallow or something. Uh, I also don't know where I am. Like, I don't know whether I'm on earth. I think they may have mentioned it, but it wasn't really like said a bunch. So it's like, I don't think I'm on Mars. I think I'm on Earth, but I don't really understand why Earth is under this dictator when Earth was called in as the backup in the first game. And then it kind of seems like the series goes back like in the third game to Mars. So maybe they realize like that was a bit weird. I don't know. But I mean, it's fun. Uh, it, it was it's technically impressive uh, as a big jump, but I definitely prefer the the first game. Uh, less cutscenes, less less flashiness, but um, and like way worse uh mechanically like no auto save you got to save to make your own save points in this game there's auto saves there's chapter select everything in the other game absolutely not so there's that whole kind of dynamic but i mean other than that um i've just been doing the the 76 uh and i think that oh a little bit of stellaris actually i uh, did some stellaris this week they've been doing quite a bit of updates there's some new dlc so i've been playing that uh with a college buddy and, um, it's, uh, it's, I mean, that game, every single time I go to replay it or go to play it, it's like an RTS space game. Every single time I go to play it, the whole game's different, basically. So I have to relearn it every time. But, um, I used to play as a, as a, like, uh, group of people. I don't even know that was like, I can't remember their name now. One of the factions, but uh, I used to play as a faction that was like really good back in the day of the old meta and now they're kind of crap or at least I don't know how to play them. So I'm learning like a new like hive mind or alien race thing. So, but yeah, that's uh, that is what I have been doing. Adriano, how about you? Uh, I have been besides games have been uh, somewhat busy. I think I don't know. It's been three or four episodes since I've been here. Um, Cause I, I have noted here payday two, And I know we even haven't even played that in a couple of weeks, but <laughs> apparently we have played that at least once since I've been on uh, Hearthstone every day um, overwatch with you and Marty for the current event. Um, we did some sea of thieves with you guys on Wednesdays on some Wednesdays. We finally got back to borderlands three, you and I, and oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we <laughs> we're two missions away. Two missions away, according to Google. Um, I thought I had finished um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I thought I did what was the final mission, and it might be the final mission, but I didn't get credits. And then after the whole like, uh, you know, uh, uh, post post battle scene, and and everyone says their goodbyes, and it feels like okay, this is the end of the game. 
then Queen Victoria reveals something and then puts on like another final mission that's that's at Buckingham Palace or something. And it's like, oh, I guess I'm not done this game. And now I have to like go back in and do it. And then there's also a, a Jack the Ripper DLC that I may or may not do. I haven't decided yet. I might just... Don't, don't you hate when you're like trying to finish a game and you're like, all right, this would be a great ending point. And then it just keeps going yeah. kind of endlessly. Yeah. God, that I, bugs me. I, I, I wish I wish credits were always just an option. Say, roll credits here. I'm done. Right here, let's, just, yeah. let's, just, let's just call this. We're done. <laughs> I've, I've hit my canonical ending. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I've uh, I'm gonna put this in there because I will count. It's a dedicated root game called. It's a game called Root. It's a board game, but it's a dedicated launcher for Steam that my board game group and I have been trying to um, play on the side. Um, Steam. Are you playing it digitally? Yeah. Cool. On we- on just. On its own platform or like on tabletop simulator or something? No, no. So I'm sure there's a tabletop simulator version, but on this mm. one, we bought the, we bought it through Steam. There's a dedicated uh, a game page for it. Um, what What is interesting with this one is this utilizes out-of-game notification systems. Um, so like we, we play another board game on, through iOS and Android, which is cross-play, which is called uh, Lords of Waterdeep. It's part of the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 game there, if you set up your accounts properly, you can actually just bail on the app and let it sit there for a day, and then it'll literally notify you, say it's your turn, go in there, do your turn, and then you <laughs> can cool. bail, and then everyone can come chime in and go in and do their turn when they need to, and then they can bail. Um, the same thing with Root. What's good about Root though is there the I bought it on both iOS and Steam because it's the same login. And it's the same system where it will notify you. And then you can also just do it on either one. So we're experimenting with that. It seems to be going okay. Um, because originally I was just doing it on Steam. I didn't I didn't bother with the iOS version. And then we quickly realized the other people that I was playing with was they're all work from home. So yeah, they get a notification saying that they can they have to do their turn. And they might take an hour or so to get in there. But they're work from home. And then I would get messages from them saying, hey, it's your turn. It's already been like four hours. Just heads up. I'm like, yeah, I know. They're like, and then another four hours go by. It's like, hey, it's your turn. I'm like, I know, guys. Here, reminder, I don't have work from home privileges. I can only do this, you know, certain times of the day. And then and then they're like, okay, you better buy the iOS version and get this going as well. Because this is going to take us forever to get through a game. Um, so I've been doing that. And then I started a new game called uh, Loop Hero. Uh, Loop Hero. I hope I have Steam open so I can actually pull it up. Uh, Loop Hero is I. It's a it's a tough game to describe, and I think some people would call it a a procedurally generated dungeon crawl. You're doing runs, and essentially, it's it's a very it's a very NES pixelated, maybe SNES, depending on on probably it blurs the line. But essentially, you're a class of warrior, um, and like I'm just a warrior, but there's other ones as well. And you're building up a village, and you do runs through a through like a forest area or like like what's called an adventure run. And when you start it, it will make a procedurally generated loop, and your little guy will run will walk and as you walk there are going to be enemies that spawn 
And then when you defeat an enemy, you will get better loot. And then you can equip that on your guy. So it's a very it's a very planning adventure. Like you can literally pause and like put on new equipment and then continue. You can continue your loot. And then what will happen is you have to make sure you get better equipment um, uh, to survive the next loop if you want to keep going. And as the more and more you go around, the harder the enemies are going to get. You also have to collect resources like rock and like rock and you know uh, wood or whatever. And you're they're also going to drop these cards. You're going to literally pick up like resource cards, and then you get to decorate the map around the loop. And then there might be conditions saying, "Oh, you will get double wood if you put it next to two ores at the same time." So then I can, if I place it there, I will then get like a bonus resource, and that will go into my backpack. And then the idea is that I should be ending a loop on my campfire so I can go back to town with everything. Because if I risk it and I try to go another loop around and I fuck up and like I, I misjudge the difficulty and I don't have enough equipment to to survive it, I will lose a good chunk of what I had. I will still go back to town with something. I will just lose a good chunk. And then I use those resources to build up my town so I, I can then get a better blacksmith i can get a better you know medic you know i can maybe hire a few uh people to run the stables and then i can then edit my venture deck with the enemies that i want to to fight because then those determine certain things i can build that deck and then i can do another adventure so it so it's roguelike elements yeah. and it's also kind of like risk of rain where you want to like time your exit yes when it makes the most sense yeah um but there's also a customization element where you can like um sort of choose what you want to go up against mm. and then the loot is determined on that that's pretty cool i like that as a concept yeah and it's it's not something that like like i will kill hours on it's it's i will do a i will do a run um and then you know take the resources back and then kind of just build what up i have to and then next time i have a little bit of time and it is not a labor intensive game so in fact i i could i have another i have two computers in front of me i have a laptop and my other one so i could actually just like i could be playing it on my second computer right now or, and you guys would never even know um one of the things is like you drop they the enemies drop equipment and you can only hold one two three four five six seven eight uh you can hold 12 pieces of equipment you can't discard anything you can only get rid of something in your backpack by equipping it so if you have a sword that's if you have a sword that's level one equipped and then you get a level sword a sword that's level three equipped as a level three and you equip it and now you're stronger but then you get 12 rings that are just sitting in your backpack and then you get a then you were to pick up a level four sword that gets that goes away you can't actually take it you have to you have to free up space by constantly equipping stuff in your backpack. So you 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 don't get to have your ideal loadout constantly. You have to constantly be changing it up. So That's then the be- yeah, so then it becomes like a, like a, like a strategy saying, "Okay, so now I have a better sword. So now now I have a level 5 sword and I have a level 7, but I know that there's a bunch of like I'm likely going to get a bunch of 6s. So instead of equipping the 7 and then being forced to equip the bunch of 6s, I'll wait till my backpack fills up. I'll equip all the sixes so they they burn and then I'll equip the seven and then so that frees up like seven spots and mm. then and then that that same that same principle applies for your armor your shield your rings your um 
your shoulders, I think your helmet as well. And then those, that's just for like the basic warrior. If you go mage, there's a whole different set of combinations in which you would have to manage. Jeez. So it's, it's a, it's a, the, the premise and like the uniqueness who kind of got me on it. Um, it's something that I'll just kind of dip back to every once in a while. Like I've only, I bought it I last week and I only played a two and a half hours of it, but I got my village going. So other than that, I think, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll just go over really quickly. I've just been playing uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, still working away on the first game and loving it. And uh, other than that, COD Mobile, new season just started and it is Western themed. And uh, we've been picking away at that. Um, other than that, not too much. I guess most games are on the horizon right now, right? Um, you, you said to us, I don't remember when um that you 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 tend to buy pc games again just to kind of look at them once and then yeah yeah so you are you going to follow through on mass effect the first game at the very Uh, least no no probably not because i I already own the original on pc i don't know if i really need to see the legendary edition oh sorry you're doing this on ps4 ps5 but it's a ps4 PS4 version yeah okay okay i got you it's kind of so funny that they didn't plan for next-gen console versions. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but we, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Uncharted potentially coming to PC, and I will probably buy that for PC just to look at it. <laughs> so, God. Uh, Tim, what's new with you? Um, Pretty much the same stuff, actually. So we finished up Mario Odyssey on stream uh, beginning of this week, and then um, the last couple of days this week, I started... I just kind of offhandedly i was like we were talking about sonic adventure 2 battle which is a game that i feel like a lot of people remember very fondly um from the either dreamcast or gamecube days depending on which like version of the game you played um but yeah like it, it coincided very uh well because there were a lot of um there's a lot of hype around sonic this week because sega did their like uh sonic preview they did a presentation this week uh for sonic's 30th anniversary um so i just happened to mention it like kind of offhandedly and i was like should i play that on stream and like a bunch of people were really keen to see it so i played through the hero and dark side stories of uh sonic adventure 2 battle on wednesday and thursday uh and mostly finished the story there and did some of the chow garden which is like the part that everybody seems to remember of that game um, and then aside from that, uh, just kind of in my own time, when it was free on PS Plus, uh, myself and a couple of friends downloaded uh, the game Remnant from the Ashes, which is a game that largely stayed off my radar until they mentioned it, and they were like, "Oh, let's let's try like this game out," because we've been uh, we kind of every week kind of get together and pluck away at a, at a new multiplayer game and it's it's an interesting or it's a unique one because it's just kind of designed for a three-player multiplayer instead of like four or two which tends to be the norm um so it's designed for three and uh we kind of been blasting through it the last couple of weeks so we actually finished it up on monday very uh good game surprisingly uh well crafted it's definitely like taking a lot from the like dark souls uh style genre where it's like oh like big open worlds and there's bonfires to rest at or like your bonfire equivalent 
um, and uh, boss fights in big open areas, and some of the fights are really hard. Like, there's one fight that we we had to do, like, 20 times, I think, just because it was literally <laughs> one of those, like, it's so punishing when you mess up that you basically all just wipe and you have to start again. Yeah. Um, but once we kind of got the rhythm down of the fight, it took us, like, maybe five tries and then we got it. But every other fight, aside from that, was pretty chump change i don't know it's weird the balance in the game is, is kind of strange but it's got some interesting like mechanics so it's really fun um highly recommend and uh i think i'm it's on sale on steam so i think i might even buy it again just to like play the more definitive version because um the ps4 version the performance is kind of bad it's like it's definitely totally playable like we played through the entire game i had no problems with it but it's one of those things where I'm like, I know that it's going to be way better on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it for free on PlayStation. So what do I care? Like paying 20 bucks for it or whatever. I think it's something like $18 right now. So yeah, really good. Totally worth it. That that game was some, um, a friend of mine bought on PlayStation. He was playing with somebody else. And then I, I, I always wanted to play it. I just never got a chance. But I actually also think that we might, uh, unless somebody claimed it, or if you guys claimed it, I actually think it might have been free on Epic Games as well. Oh yeah, I feel like it would have been. It was on there. It's it's an interesting game because the way that you sort of level up your character is you get trait points, and then you choose which skill to put that point into. And obviously, like as you kill enemies and uh, resolve main and side quests, you um, you unlock these points, and uh, you know you can put into your standard like health or endurance or you know, weapons spread or whatever. But the interesting thing is like, as you play through the game, you unlock different traits to then put your trait points into. So like after you beat certain bosses, you unlock new traits or after you kill a certain number of enemies with your like main weapons, you'll unlock a new trait or your side weapon and you unlock a new trait or like environmental damage and you unlock a new trait. Um, So you can kind of make different builds for your character that way. In that you can make a character that's like solely based around doing critical hits or a character that's solely based around melee combat. And like Dark Souls as well, you can find different pieces of gear in the world. You can find rings and trinkets. And those will sort of change up the way that your abilities work and stuff like that. Um, And then there's weapon mods as well that basically give you... uh, They're like cooldown based abilities that you you gain their charges or charge back by getting kills with uh, your weapons and, and melee uh, attacks and uh, those can be anything from dropping like a healing uh, aoe to making your bullets do incendiary damage or shock damage or um, rot or corrosion there's a bunch of different like status effects in it as well and it's sort of set in like a post-apocalyptic world where this uh, strange phenomenon called the root is taking over and it's kind of like overgrowing all over the world and creating these evil creatures that you have to kill and stuff as far as story, uh, I don't really think there's much story to it. There, there's a loose story, but it's not super engaging. We generally don't like really pay attention to the stories in the games we play because we're just sort of like passively killing time on a Monday night when we play. But um, yeah, it's it's a very loose story anyway. So if you're looking for a, a really engaging uh, narrative, this is probably not the game for you. But if you're looking for something that's fun to just play with a couple of friends and you like sort of the difficulty curve of a Dark Souls style game, uh, I'd highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And it's been a while since I played anything kind of like fresh 
but still kind of Dark Soulsy, because I'll just keep booting up the old Dark Souls to play it over and over again. But I downloaded this game because Adrian wanted to play it, and then we never played it. After Borderlands, I deleted it after that. Borderlands, you want to do yeah. PlayStation or Epic Games? If I have it on Epic, yeah, we'll do we'll do it on Epic. Yeah. I thought you guys, I I didn't know it was that this game. I thought you wanted to play Returnal. Returnal's not a multiplayer no, it, game. Yeah. yeah, Returnal's not multiplayer. No, no, it's just a. No. It's oh, a, what the hell? I guess I got these two games completely confused because I do remember you asking about something like this, Adriano, and then I was just, I just assumed it was Returnal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost confident that I, I was pitching. I think I was like, uh, pitching this, endorsing it to somebody at some point, whether it was you, because I, I think it's up to three players. Right, it's Sid? three. Yep. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think I was trying to convince other people that I play with to get it elsewhere or I was trying to convince Ryan and somebody else to play to play with uh, to play with me yeah it's good I uh, I really like it it's it's like probably not something that I would play over and over and over again um, but it's enough of sort of like a variance in gameplay that it's probably worth uh, an extra playthrough because we've we played through it on PlayStation right so I'm thinking like I could probably do um, a solo playthrough on PC and just try to do like a different build tr- based on like what I learned from playing through the first time and see sort of if I can um, do something a little bit different or or uh, just like a different different play style or, you know, make it a little easier because I've gone through it. But yeah, anyway, that's that's mostly it. Nothing uh, super different. Uh, all right. You want to give us your trailer breakdown for Dying Light 2? What's it called? Stay Human? <laughs> So the trailer itself is called the Stay Human trailer, yeah. So we're gonna just oh, but the, go the game's this. not called Stay Human. No, it's still just called Dying Light Two. Um, but yeah. So for those who haven't seen it, this is gonna be kind of a brief breakdown of the Dying Light Two trailer, which just came out a couple of days ago. Um, basically, fans of Dying Light have been waiting a long time for any news on Dying Light 2, because originally this game was supposed to come out, I believe, March of 2019 was the original release uh, date. Uh, It's been a while since then. Two years. But, um, yeah, so Techland, uh, they showed off a gameplay trailer in 2019, and this is the first, I think, gameplay trailer since then. They did an E3 presentation. Uh, Actually, so, yeah, no, it wouldn't have been March of 2019. It would have been March of 2020. But anyway, um, fans of Dying Light will know that it's like a first-person style hack and slash sort of combat style game with shooting elements as well and a big, big focus on parkour. That, as far as that, has not really changed. That's really what Dying Light 2 is also about. Um, So this is basically just going to be a breakdown of the Stay Human trailer. Uh, There is the E3 2019 presentation that you can go back and watch. I'm not breaking that one down. I'm breaking down the newest one from this week. So basically, it starts off, first-person perspective, your character is running along a rooftop. There's a zombie uh, near, like, the edge of the roof. Uh, He basically jumps, grabs the zombie, tackles it off, and uses it to break his fall uh, on the streets below. So whether that's just a cinematic thing or a gameplay element remains to be seen. Uh, But that's pretty cool. Um, there was a lot of verticality in Dying Light 1 um, in the city, and fall damage was a bitch. So if there's a uh, if there's a zombie nearby and you can just grab him and kind of yeet yourself and him off a rooftop and use him to, like, land and take no damage or, like, less damage, I'm all about it. I really loved the parkour uh, stuff in Dying Light 1, 
and uh it was really fun yeah it's it was just really fun yeah and it 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 was one of those things where it i always love when a game introduces a system and it's like you're kind of messing around with it and it's sort of working but you also recognize that you don't really know how to use it yet but you recognize that it's like complex enough that you're like oh yeah i'm gonna be able to like fuck around with this through through playing through this game this is gonna be fun i always really appreciate and appreciate that in the game so really looking forward to that element of it um immediately after that it sort of cuts through some uh some like shots of the city and the streets and things like that and then uh shows off you basically like you can jump off a, a building or a higher place and whip out like uh either like a parachute or like a glider a la like breath of the wild so you can kind of just parachute whenever uh so again forget fall damage uh as long as you got the resources to uh counteract it pretty cool big fan of that so then they go on to say that the character that you're playing his name is aiden caldwell uh no real background information on him aside from just a little like uh written bit saying that he is an outsider trying to unravel a tangled mystery from his past Ooh, very generic um, <laughs> so this his search leads him to the city which is allegedly one of the last bastions of mankind so uh this game takes place 15 years after the apocalypse um in which basically uh factions like groups of people have been able to come together form factions uh but also the uh infected or i guess in this game they're called virals uh have also had that time to evolve into new different creatures and different strains of uh of of beings with different abilities so apparently right off the bat you're going to meet a group of people who are from the night runners uh who are also said to either be a myth or a faction that has fallen apart so just from the gameplay kind of intro and i'm assuming in the first probably 15 minutes to half hour of the game you're going to find out whether that's true or not uh more details on that probably once you actually get into the game so like i mentioned there's a bunch of different factions uh they're all fighting for their own causes and to maintain like power in the city um so the first of the three is called the survivors they're basically like your generic kind of hoarders they um can whip together safe zones pretty much wherever they have a focus on uh surviving so growing crops keeping uh you know animals uh farms going harnessing green energy that sort of thing um basically just having lots of uh, resources to keep themselves alive uh and seems to be a pretty like neutral party in terms of uh aggression towards other factions the second one they mentioned are called the peacekeepers they're basically the soldiers uh they want to you know kind of dominate everyone under their rule kind of reminds me of the uh um brotherhood of steel from the fallout series they're just basically like kind of like military police i guess would be the closest thing that i could think they just want to have everything under their law uh and crush anyone who gets in their way makes sense and then there's the renegades who are a faction of ex-prisoners who are basically uh, just want to, you know, take control of the wasteland by whatever means they can. So they're your classic lawful evil faction, I think. Um, but yeah, it introduces some, like, it doesn't 
get into the nitty gritty of any particular characters, but um, it does say that you can help and harm whichever factions you want. I'm sure there will be different uh, story beats that will change depending on who you side with. I'd be interested to see if you can, how long you can go without siding with anybody. Um, but just based on the narrative of these types of games, I'm sure that you'll have to eventually pick, uh, pick a side. And, um, when you do that, you will affect, uh, unique and major characters in the different factions. So sort of that sense of, uh, being able to have lots of replay value because of, uh, different decisions you can make. I'll be interested to see if uh, if the same characters from each factions are always going to be the ones who like die or you know are displaced or get affected in some way uh, every time you play through, or if you could like help one faction in the first half and then swap sides and then help another faction in the second half, and then that sort of changes like what's what. Um, because I believe in the they they show it off a little bit in this trailer, but they don't mention it explicitly. I don't think where. There are different areas in the game uh, that you can basically help the factions take over. Like the one that they show is uh, kind of like a cathedral, I think. Um, and they show what it looks like if you take it for the peacekeepers, if you take it for the renegades, if you take it for the survivors. And the surrounding area does change and the, you know, the landscape, certain areas are like flooded. And then with certain factions, you can drain the water or you'll keep the water up and you can use it as a defensive mechanism kind of thing. So there's there's different gameplay uh, elements that will come into uh, effect depending on what you do with what faction and where. Um, but aside from them, there's also your classic just bandits and outlaws and thugs everywhere that are just your uh, cannon fodder, basically. <laughs> Any open world game has lots of that. So, similar to the first game, uh, everybody hates nighttime. Everyone's <laughs> afraid of it. They have their own ways of dealing with it. Uh, those who have played the first game will know that nighttime is when the game is really fucking scary uh, and a lot more challenging. There's a day-night cycle, obviously. Um, but there are way more infected everywhere uh, in this game. It's like literal mobs of like where you could crowd surf if they weren't all trying to rip your spine out of your back uh, and eat you so there's lots of different kinds of uh, special virals as well after like i said 15 years of uh, evolution um they show off a number of them in the trailer you got your big brutes you've got your screamers you've got your guys whose mouth opens up and then their neck and their chest and it's all just a screaming maw of teeth um you know they'll all have obviously different abilities and things like that so they they really show off a lot of the uh the visceral designs for these characters in this one um what's really interesting uh actually i'll get to in a second so there's still like in the first game a pretty big focus on parkour to survive at night uh in the first game especially in the early game when it's kind of teaching you like this is these are the stakes here at nighttime uh Really, really big focus on parkour to survive. You can't really stay in any one place for very long because you will get overwhelmed and the special virals like will find you and probably fuck you up if you're just by yourself. Um, and the infected, the like the special ones are much better at catching you. So you really have to be quite good at like parkour to survive and get to a safe zone or whatever. Um, so here's the interesting thing that I mentioned. They have places in the world called nests which open up at nighttime. And that's where all of the uh, virals sort of spill out of at nighttime. Um, but because they've spilled out of these areas, that means that they're emptied 
for the most part. So you can then go into these nests uh, and you can either sneak your way through or fight your way through or whatever. They're apparently quite challenging to get through. But if you do, there are significant jackpots of loot to be found. So you can pretty much bet that all of the best gear you're going to find in the game is probably in these different nests. And I'm sure there will be nests of different difficulties all around the world. Um, so there's kind of your end game grind. Um, there's lots more advanced parkour techniques. So in the first game, a lot of it just came down to like running, jumping, and climbing. Um, now you can do all of these in much more flashy ways and to greater effect. Um, parkour is also kind of its own combat style now. So in the first game, you pretty much had your parkour for movement and your combat for fighting, your melee combat, your guns. Um, guns were pretty hard to come by in the first game until you got to kind of the end game. So mostly your like skills would develop for a more melee style, uh, gameplay in this game. There are three, uh, styles that you can kind of develop your, uh, your skills into depending on what sort of play style you like. So obviously parkour is one of its own. You can take advantage of the environment and swing around things or drop kick zombies off of rooftops. a la the first game, super satisfying. Probably my favorite thing in like that game at all is, uh, there was a time that Matt and I were playing through the game together and we were both on a rooftop at different corners and we both saw a zombie at the same time on a different corner and both just full sprinted and ran and drop kicked him from like two different angles. And he just flew off the building while his limbs went in other directions. <laughs> In, yeah, it was incredible. pretty violent. Pretty I still violent. Have, I'm pretty sure I still have the clip of that on my PS4, but anyway, it was a good time. Um, so you can do that with even greater flair now and uh, with much more brutal um, repercussions. So the melee combat, they really they've said that they're very, very much focusing on it to be uh, very brutal, very weighty and very satisfying. So there's new weapon types now as well. You can get like fist weapons. So I'm imagining your your melee style can either be very slow with big heavy weapons that do lots of like crunching and slicing and things like that, or you can get in there with your shorter weapons, your your fist weapons, get in right quick and sort of do like a parkour slash melee style combat, depending on what you like. Um, but then there's also a uh, a third type, which is more like a crafty and resourceful type of combat. So you could craft things like I'm imagining like grenades and throwing weapons, and you can get things like spears. And uh, you can get a bow and you can like take things out from afar. So a lot more um, nitty gritty kind of uh, details that you can get into with your combat style in this game, which is 100% going to be where I like spend all of my time trying to like perfectly craft a a uh, traversal and combat style um, that really suits the way that I want to play. And I'm sure it's going to be, you know, three playthroughs of just doing completely different things. So it looks really, really uh, engaging in that, in that, uh, in that sense. And then there's also something at the very end of the trailer that they sort of show uh, that you, you can also be maybe are, they didn't, uh, they didn't specify you either can be or are infected yourself. And you need to make sure that you stay human whoa trailer drop uh, and then they show the release date of december 7th of this year 2021 so we have a hard date again whether it will be delayed or not we don't know <laughs> wouldn't that be hilarious they did cite you know world events as to why it's taken so long um for the for them to release anything uh about this game uh <clears throat> because that's the way that the world is right now and that's fine 
I just would rather wait until this game is like, you know, exactly the way they want it to be. And that's cool. It looks like it's it's uh, it's going that direction. But that is the breakdown of the Dying Light 2 Stay Human trailer for all that it is. Yeah, I, I, it was my first time watching through it just now, actually, while you were talking about it. And mm. uh, the combat looked pretty good um, and pretty brutal at times, too. They were like taking people's legs off and they were mm-hmm. still standing while their leg, you know, <laughs> snaps off after you hit it. Yeah, they do it's, like a vertical uppercut with a sword and like cut a guy's arm off like mid combat. Yeah, and he really doesn't just die. He's like just there and he's like, ah, like now he doesn't yeah. have an arm. So it's cool, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they're designing the combat to be a little more dynamic. And it's like the way that you dispatch people can change depending mm-hmm. on like what you do. And one thing that I always found very unsatisfying in the beginning of the first game was that your weapons weren't like you had to do enough damage with a single attack to do like an evisceration or anything Mm -hmm. like to cut a head off or an arm or whatever you had to do enough damage in a single hit and when you're at the beginning of the game your weapons do jack shit so a lot of the time you're just sort of like hacking away at them multiple times in very unsatisfying chops with like a crap a crappy machete or a you know or or a bush knife or a sickle or whatever right um so i wonder if in this game they're going to make it so that you can do stuff like that right away and then, you know, you can just do so against harder enemies as the game goes on and you get better stuff. Um, but yeah, it's cool because, like, it's not just you out there. The first game, to a certain extent, felt kind of lonely because it was just you out there against the zombies. But now all these factions are, like, roaming around. Like, they're out there. Right. The bandits are out there. And, like, there will be, like supply drop areas or like things where there's resources and they will be fighting over those areas against each other against the bandits so they show a lot of gameplay of like human enemies fighting other humans uh which is super cool because i i also like to just like sit on a rooftop and wait for them to sort their shit out and then pick off the stragglers and then sorry boys this is mine now kind of thing right so um yeah, I don't know. I feel like the narrative in this game is going to be a lot more developed as well because they show off a lot of characters, like story characters, in this trailer. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of different personalities and, you know, certain characters can probably just, like, die randomly. So there's a scene where a character, you're following this guy through a doorway and then he just gets clobbered by a giant mutant and, like, flung against a, a van and, like, crumples. So oh. maybe it's going to be sort of like a la... Uh, like last of us part two where certain characters just oh you're dead now like so that's the way it goes right there's a lot like that first game was super brutal too and it sounds like it's getting like way worse i remember that one time ryan where like i was sitting i was like getting somebody like with a with like a shiv i kept like stabbing this zombie and they like had a moment of clarity and they like like got away from me and they're like no please stop 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 stabbing me and i kept like stabbing them and then you just came in and like kicked them and they went through like a grate. Like there was like this, like if, if a store is closed, it's like those big metal gates that come down kind of like a garage door. And it was like half open and their like pelvis got stuck in it, but their body didn't. And they just like ripped in half after you drop kicked them through it. And I was Ugh. like, holy fuck. Like this person was having a moment of clarity. I was stabbing them to death. It was already we, brutal as hell. And you can't you have fucking, talking zombies. That's and then you not, fucking we're not going to have that in the world. <laughs> that was <laughs> Well, they they had a moment of clarity. They like he they even like backed off, put their hands up for like trying to protect themselves, and I would just kept stabbing them. It was horrible misery, really. It's just I mean, technically, I guess, but holy fuck, is that game brutal? Like, 
One of my favorite moments in that trailer, too, was where they did the classic run and jump and drop kick a guy off a rooftop. And he fell. And then they sort of watch him go. And on the way down, he hits a tree branch, ragdolls, hits the edge of another building, ragdolls further, and then slams like onto, onto a car and then onto the ground. And oh. I was like, if you can do that to like, if there's that much. Honestly, ragdoll makes every game better. Don't feel free to like message me on Twitter. Any game that would not be better with ragdoll. Every game is better with ragdoll. Um, Hearthstone better with ragdoll. Okay, ragdoll the cards all over the map. <laughs> Keep it really disorganized. Fifty-two That'd card pickup. Yeah, exactly. Better with ragdoll. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, that if that's the kind of thing where you can just like dynamically hit them off of like whatever, and they will just react to it, and it's probably going to do a shit ton of damage because they've fallen a really long way, and then they smash their head off a you know a curb or a car or a sign or a post or a building or whatever. I love that. That never gets old. All right. Well, thank you, Tim. Um, Look forward to another breakdown next week for possibly something you've seen or maybe not. We're not going to go as in-depth on the Horizon Zero Dawn and Far Cry 6 videos, but did any of you guys watch those? Yeah, I watched them both. I uh, outsourced it to you guys. You outsource the viewing of it to to us. Like I don't know, man. We're, we're gonna say my week's busy. Well, uh, what was it? Horizon was the first one uh, last Thursday. Uh, what'd you think of that one, Matt? Uh, sorry, that was Horizon. You asked about. Um, Horizon. Oh, I wrote Zero Dawn, but it's Horizon Forbidden West. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty good. I so I remember Aaron was saying that like. And, or you and Aaron were discussing last night. They're saying the graphics are getting so good that this trailer didn't really like wow him just because the graphics are better, obviously, but not like amazing. I would say the number one thing that impressed me graphic wise, but with a spin of performance is being that underwater scene and having all that like that was fantastic underwater like foliage just perfectly waving in the in the not the wind, but in the the currents and such. Uh, and have like huge creatures. Now, I did notice one thing about the trailer. Uh, speaking of performance, I don't know if you saw this and maybe it was just my eyes tricking me, but the mammoth thing, it looked like it was running at a slower frame rate than the whole game. <laughs> it's like that Spider-Man uh, uh, skin. Yeah, it was very bizarre. I just noticed <laughs> that it was like I was like, oh, is this game chugging on the PlayStation 5? And then I was like, oh, no, wait, but Aloy's running around just fine. And it just seemed like the mammoth was. Now, whether that's a machine thing, I never beat their first horizon because I just suck at it and I just can't. Well, I just I just I don't know what's going on there. But um, the game looks really cool, but I, I don't know if I'll be on it. I don't know if I'll be doing that. But I mean, watching it back, like I watched the stream and the stream is always like worse than actually watching the, the VOD afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just even more compressed. But I, I watched it back and um, it it looks a lot it a lot better than the first game. And the first game looked good. Oh yeah, it's just the amount of detail though that's mm. in this game. That's There's so much really stuff me. going on. Yeah, is this one this is this trailer. one is this one making it to the PS4 or is this only PS5? Yeah, no, no, this is going to be on yeah. PS4. Yeah, oh, it will really? definitely not look as good though. Yeah, they're doing it PS4 as, as well. Yeah, I I didn't watch the stream. I did watch the video they put onto YouTube though in yeah. 4K. So like, that was. That was crispy. The yeah, the detail is what got me. And like you mentioned before, Matt, the underwater segment that they like absolutely just wanted to blow their whole like <laughs> visual load onto the yeah. viewer right in that moment. So like, yeah. whoa, look at all the coral and the colors and the fish. Blah, whoa. Um, the one thing that really bugged me about because I actually just played through the first game 
fairly recently, within the last couple of months, for the first time. Um, and I felt, I'm not sure if it was just like a PC port thing, because I didn't play it on PS4, but the PC port felt badly done, because I encountered a number of issues through gameplay, or, you know, enemy AI, or rendering, and things like that, visual glitches and stuff. Um, so it seemed kind of shitty sometimes. But, that being said, one of the things that I actually noticed the most about this game was the way that Aloy's hair is rendered. Um, the way it reacts in different environments and different lighting and stuff like that. Like, the way her hair is floating around and the way the light is hitting it when she's underwater is like, that's crazy. Like, that looks like a next-gen game. Like, that, the the attention to detail on that is is really, really good. Like, it looks like a photograph of somebody's hair underwater. You know what's weird about her hair, though, and, and a lot of people notice this, <coughs> excuse me, I was watching a Digital Foundry um, a video talking about this trailer, and there's like a glow around her head. If you go back and watch the video again and just pay attention to just just right above her hairline. <laughs> In certain lighting, there she's, is, yeah. She's, there's, she's got a complete glow around it, and they were trying to figure out why that was done. They're like, maybe it was to like differentiate her from the background. Because there's so yeah. much detail in the background now that they, they need her to kind of have almost like a, I guess the opposite of a drop shadow, like a, a, a back a or something. A highlight, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to kind of separate her a bit. Um, I mean, but yeah, the, the hair did look kind of uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, I imagine it's only going to get better too. Like there's just a, they obviously designed this particular segment of the game purely to show off. Mm-hmm. Like sort of their plan, like the game itself is not going to look exactly like that. It's not going to play exactly like yeah. that when it comes out. That's always the way that these gameplay trailers go. You have to understand that they're perfectly curated for a showcasing uh, yeah. purpose. Yeah. And uh, it's just to sort of give you an idea of like what the game is kind of going to look and run like. Um, uh, they they also pointed out, Digital Foundry also pointed out um, that, that they apparently had trouble getting this game on PC. And, and that's why you, you, you ran into so many issues. Um, cause I think when it shipped, like you couldn't play, um, greater than 30 frames per second on, on PC, oh, wow. they, they, they had to struggle and it, it came in later updates that they finally got it to mm. 60. Um, okay. the, uh, the PC one though, I heard it supports the, uh, ultra widescreen Like you can go, you can roll it out further on the, on the oh, sides. That would look Ooh, cool. That would yeah. look cool on those big landscapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the, like the, the fight with the elephant thing, uh, it was pretty crazy that like not only are parts like breaking off of the elephant, but then the, the little wooden structure that was on top, totally parts crumbles. breaking off of that, and then the whole thing comes off in pieces, and the people are falling and shouting as they're crashing yeah. to the ground. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. It, dro- it, it was... drops one of those Halo weapons, too, and she picked that oh, yeah. up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty so, major component of the first game, was the, uh, the, the breaking weapons off and then using mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um. So I'm pretty excited for that. I'm I'm pretty pumped. Um, how about Far Cry? Did you guys watch that one too? Oh hell yeah! I did hell not watch the Far yeah. Cry one. No. Matt, what do you think of the Far Cry Six uh, trailer? Uh, really good, honestly. Uh, if the hell yeahs weren't enough to just to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, Matt, driving... I seem uncertain about your enthusiasm on this. What? You're not. You're not. You're not... <laughs> Wait, Far Cry Six? Come on now. Uh, I already have it pre-ordered and um. And well, I, I pre-ordered it for Tur- El Chorizo, which is the little dog, because I believe he was a pre-order bonus when it was PS4, first revealed. PS5, you pre-ordered it. For? Uh, I pre-ordered it for PS4 on the website, but it said something about how it would automatically upgrade at the time, 
and I just didn't know what the PS5 availability was going to be at the time, so I just like went with it. Um, so I don't know. I'll have to like see what the status of my pre-order is. Worst case, I'll just cancel it and re-pre-order the digital or whatever. Um, but like, I'm all in on this thing for sure. Uh, I love Far Cry, especially ever since five. I I still have five. Like I have five on my PlayStation Five uh, right now. So um, are you playing through it again? No, I'm doing the DLCs. Actually, the DLCs are mm. separate stories. Like they're not the same map. And so I got the DLCs for like stupidly cheap and oh, on man. some on some sale, and I was like, yeah, I'll I'll go through the I'll go through that. So that's just reminded me that I still have Far Cry Three Blood Dragon on PC, and I never <laughs> got around to playing it. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty crazy one because that's completely different from like Far Cry Three as well. It's like yeah, man, and people go off about how good that is too. I really should get around to that. I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't finish it to be fair. I kind of just booted it up like years mm. after it had come out. It was it was a bit much for me. Too never, like campy. Too much going on, and I think I just wasn't in the mood for Far Cry. So <laughs> don't don't t- don't let my opinion bias you. Well, in the same vein, shouldn't let other people's opinion that it's the best thing ever influence me either, right? <laughs> yeah, it well, is simultaneously the- shit and completely amazing. Well, how was how was uh, how was Primal? Game. Like, because those two are like the spinoffs, right? Know. Blood Dragon and Primal. Like, is Primal? Well, Primal is a whole different game. Yeah, I liked Primal though. Kayla's it's played not, more Primal than I have. Oh wow! It's not it's not the best of like Far Cry games. Um, that's the one where it. we found the Flintstone vehicle underwater, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, right. Right. that's right. the that's the only thing I've retained from any of the Far Cry games. That sounds exactly like something I that actually Far Cry would do. Platinum Far Cry Primal. Oh wow! Was it hard? Our, no, that was in yeah. our war, Matt. Um, we were racing for platinum. No, that, oh yeah, that was horrible. But then you already had like six games that were at ninety percent, so it just yeah. like, went. To, it just went to hell real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got these. There we go, and uh, six platinums. GG. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's basically what it was. And I was like, oh, yeah. all right. Well, I just I'm out of here. Like I'm out, I'm out on this war. <laughs> like Jesus. Uh, one um, of the uh, cool things about Far Cry Six was uh, lo- there's a lot more guns in the game, and there's even a what's called a Macarena uh, gun. Which Thirty bajillion guns. Which shoots out like CDs, I think, at your enemies while playing the Macarena. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it'll it'll like continue too. So it went like, hey, and then they fired, killed the guy, and then he reloaded. Macarena. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, the cars are awesome too. They're like fifties American cars, and then you can modify them. And the guns are like thrown together because you're supposed to be kind of like a revolutionary. So. Uh, you have like all this thrown together gear. And so like, you know, they're, they're, they're scavenging parts from, you know, spray cans through like handles off of bags and crap. And you have like this custom backpack. That's the same thing too. That's all scavenged. So you have all these weapons, these handle weapons that are all scavenged, but you have this backpack and you can do different things with the backpack. So the one they showed was it had, you had mortars on your back. So you could like push a button and all these mortars come out. And the point, the point in you having all this firepower is that you're alone in this fight against like this army that's like professionally trained and properly funded those type of things so like you're actually like cobbling together and you're an army of one so you have to have all this firepower but i can see that game getting (laughs) i can see that game getting bloody ridiculous like far cry 5 was absolutely hilarious to run around in 
Um, especially Marty with his broken trigger. That was a really good one. Uh, so to explain that to the, the audience, the Marty Mobile, the Marty. Yeah. So Marty, for some reason, for a while, every single time he got in a car, it wouldn't go as fast as everyone else's, but by a significant margin. And we didn't know why. And he was using the safe controller on other games and it was working fine. But he finds out later that his trigger is broken in the way that it's not de- it's detecting a click, but it's not detecting the full compression of the trigger. And so he's giving it like half gas. So we always deemed every single time Marty got in a vehicle, specifically the ATVs, we deemed it the Marty Mobile. But there's a really stupid scene in, in New Dawn where you have to drive a plane without wings on the ground. You have to like taxi it out of this area. And because I'm playing co-op, there's two planes that you have to do it with. And I have this footage of Marty like going up the hill and I'm like, Marty, you got to go faster. The guy's telling you not to get shot. He's like, I'm going full speed. And he just immediately when he says that, it just detonates. The whole fucking plane detonates and the whole and the mission fails. And, I, and so, yeah, ever since then, every vehicle in Far Cry is the Marty Mobile. <laughs> All right, that's it for Far Cry. Um, so all these games are looking pretty fantastic, actually. Um, so I'm pretty excited for those. All right, let's hop into the actual news stories for this week. Uh, E3 is quickly coming upon us, and Xbox Summer Briefing is coming on June 13th as a joint show with Bethesda. This comes from GameSpot. Uh, you can expect world premieres and new titles for, for Xbox Game Pass during the show. Games, 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 says Microsoft. Uh, the event is slated for Sunday, June 13th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, based on the teaser image, it seems Halo Infinite will be a major presence at, at the show, which should come as no surprise given the, the game is finally releasing this year. 2021 also <laughs> marks the 20th anniversary of, of not only Halo, but the Xbox brand overall. Oh, my so, God. Don't say so that. It, so it's expected Microsoft will go big. You don't like that as 20 years old? Oh, my God. 20 years old since Halo? Yeah. That's, That's crazy. That seems not right. That's so weird. <laughs> well, if you go back and look at the original Halo, it looks 20 years old. That's fair. Uh, the showcase is going to be 90 minutes long, and it will focus on the epic gaming lineup coming from Xbox and Bethesda, including new Xbox games for 2021 and more. And we have a little quote here from Microsoft. Uh, You've told us how excited you are about welcoming Bethesda into the Xbox family. So we know you're going to want a front row seat to the Xbox and Bethesda games showcase, a 90 minute show packed with everything you want. To know about the Epic Gaming lineup coming out of our of this partnership, the incredible games coming to Xbox this holiday, upcoming releases on Xbox Game Pass, and more. I have a theory about this 90 minutes a little bit, and this is just totally a feeling, but it's a bit of a theory. I have a, a feeling theory? a game I, a game theory. Um <laughs> Thanks I, for watching. <laughs> God. Uh I have a feeling the last half hour is going to be Starfield. And I also have a feeling that Starfield's going to come out this holiday season because I think that this is the quintessential console generation. Like people usually wait or not everyone, but a lot of people will wait like they don't want the first run of the consoles. They want the later ones. This is the first holiday season post the launch season, launch holiday season. So this is going to be a big one. People are going to choose their console. And I think Microsoft needs to come out strong showing Halo and Starfield both coming out this holiday season. Available on Game Pass, even if you can't get an Xbox console, would be absolutely huge for them. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised because I would say, and I know COVID notwithstanding, I don't know what their situation was like, but I mean, Bethesda did release a lot of in, a lot of stuff for Fallout 76 during COVID, including their biggest expansions yet. Uh, so they clearly have a good, you know, work at home or however they figured it out in their region. So um, 
Starfield really, really could come out this holiday season. And I think that with Halo with them, with, with Halo there, that's going to solidify not only Game Pass, but the Xbox series as a very serious contender this holiday season. You want to know something weird about speaking of Bethesda? As What's of, that? I believe, the 26th, I think, um, it has been an equal amount of time between Morrowind and Skyrim and Skyrim and now. <laughs> oh, Not God. even Oblivion to Skyrim. Morrowind to mm. Skyrim. Good thing I beat Morrowind recently, ten, I guess. <laughs> almost 10 years. Yeah, I mean, an Elder it's, Scrolls game. it's time, man. Like, Bethesda's bigger now. They have mobile guys. They got the Fault 76 team. And people were saying, you know, there's no way in one of the rumored articles or whatever I read over the over the weeks, they said, you know, no, like Starfield for sure is not coming out this holiday season because uh, a bunch of the staff went on to Fallout 76. Whereas I can mm-hmm. believe that people were reallocated. I can't see them being reallocated for any more than six months. And they said Starfield was playable back in 2018 when Fallout 76 launched. Now, I we talked to Aaron about this and he doesn't have an insider perspective, but he did say just in terms of game dev knowledge that playable could mean anything and that doesn't make sense it could mean anything but the thing is is pre-alpha it could mean mean i can walk around this one in like interior that's not design rendered at all it just that's how some gameplay mechanics are like functional that's how they uh they got around it with e3 they say oh we're bringing 100 playable games to e3 it's as E3 only considers it playable if it can literally launch. If you can get to a menu and literally go up oh, or for down in a menu, it yeah. is considered playable. And, like, that's how they define it. Well, the thing uh, even with that, though, with the playable comment is, you know, fair enough. But we didn't wait one year. We waited three. And it's been in development clearly well before then. And I don't think the other titles that Bethesda have made have has taken this long. So I have a feeling that it's already either been delayed by, A, the Microsoft buyout deal or B, it was delayed by COVID, which is obviously understandable. So I I don't know. I, I, I Strong feeling it's coming out this holiday season, maybe even in like February, whatever, you know, that sort of for some reason, February and March seems to get a lot of games. But I could definitely see it coming out this year. Um, The previous Xbox conferences, I think, were 90 minutes also, Matt. Now, they could still reserve that 30 minutes for Starfield for sure. Because it's interesting that it's it's xbox plus bethesda and as far as i know nothing else has leaked so it's very possible that they're gonna be like games 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 they're gonna have a big they're gonna have like a few big showcases right you got your halos you got your this your that whatever they have forza baby whatever and then they're gonna have a big uh sort of what do you you call like a compilation of all the different games like this game this game this game this game this game just a couple of seconds each game like they sometimes do and then it'll be like oh like by the way here comes todd howard that would be like a huge thing, right? Because what are they going to do? Like, this is our first time with Bethesda and they have nothing here. <laughs> like, they have nothing to show you. Oh, they're definitely going to show off Starfield. Yeah. You think that... So, some people are still skeptical even on that front because because Bethesda well, traditionally doesn't show off, you know, gameplay especially until no, the game's pretty well done. The Yes, but but the, given that picture that they released where you said it was the Starfield planets and, yes. and, and logo or whatever... Uh, yeah, the Starfield I, planets sure on the bottom of that, off. yeah. But according to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, it's not going to launch until late 2022. That sounds... I don't know. That just sounds ridiculous to me, too. That just now, sounds he, ridiculous he to has, me. He has contacts within, you know, all sorts of development studios. Sure. How um, how often is he correct? 
I don't know if he makes predictions like this or makes statements like this often. He's he's more of an investigative uh, journalist. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure. But you got to remember too, though. Um, this isn't Bethesda anymore. This is Microsoft's Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So even though Bethesda in the past would only announce things like when they were launching pretty close, Microsoft might want to show off Starfield now. That's true. That's very true. Oh, that makes me sad. I hope the days of the Bethesda, like, all right, guys, we've been pretty quiet about this for six years, but we made this thing, and it's like, yeah, everybody loves it. Oh, by the way, you can download it tonight. What? Like, if that's you know funny, if that's a relic of the past, I'm gonna be really sad. It's funny too that these uh, publishers feel the need to constantly put out trailers and announcements and release dates when there's there's publishers or there's uh, developers like Rockstar who take like six plus years to make a game. Well, more than you that know, now. Don't really talk about it within that time and then only like announce it but when it's like ready. You know what I mean? And it sells it's the like the, the biggest selling game ever. Well think about so, think about GTA. It's been well more than six years now. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah for Obviously, sure. Obviously Red Dead's been thrown in there, but I don't know if that was another team of theirs. I'm not really sure. It's but. just funny that these publishers still feel the need to constantly keep the hype up. If if people like the game, it's gonna sell. Trailers that's, that's are fine. I don't mind I the trailers coming out. I just don't think anyone should say dates, maybe. Yeah, the dates is tricky. Yeah, for sure. Dying light. <clears throat> <laughs> exactly. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. We're getting our first kind of glimpse at what what's going to happen at this E3. Uh, obviously, it's going to be all online. Um, I think next year they're planning in person again. But for now, we'll we'll just be able to watch everything at home, I guess. Uh, next story here: Borderlands Three crossplay update is ready, but PlayStation consoles are being left out. This is also from Gamespot. Uh, crossplay is finally coming to Borderlands Three uh, for all but one platform, according to Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford. Crossplay support for PlayStation consoles had to be removed. It is not immediately clear why PlayStation consoles had to be left out for the Borderlands Three crossplay update. In a tweet announcing the update, Pitchford said, "For certification, we have been required by the publisher to remove crossplay support." For PlayStation consoles. However, Borderlands 3's publisher, 2K, may not be the main cause of Sony's consoles being excluded from crossplay. During the Epic v. Apple trial, documents submitted to the court revealed that Sony would require the developers adding crossplay functionality to their games pay a royalty fee. Sony would calculate this fee based on the popularity of the PlayStation version of the game in question and how much money it made on the PlayStation network. That doesn't look too good for Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, what the fuck, Sony? <laughs> Man, are they are they winning now again? So they're like, yeah, we don't need that crossplay thing. Well, no, this is how this is how they've been since they did win, like last gen. Mm. Does this does this article list the specific uh, platforms that it is going to be crossplay for? Not that I recall seeing. No, I wonder if the Stadia version is included in that. But Adriana, I remember us talking about crossplay on Borderlands back in college. We were hoping for that to, to occur. Um, it clearly hasn't until now. And then even we now. We were pioneers it's, it's, back then. <laughs> it's so weird that Sony isn't on board with this. Uh, I think we could say that because they're not on board. But if Microsoft was leading and Sony had to market their system, it'd be the other way around. I don't think Microsoft... Would be doing crossplay, and Sony would be like, "Hey, why don't we do crossplay?" I, I feel the same way. Like, like Microsoft's definitely in the, 
I guess, more offensive position. Where they're yeah. trying to get people onto their platform. They're not. Whereas in... Sony is trying to maintain people on their platform. Yeah. Does, does like... crossplay bring people to them though? PlayStation? It no. To wouldn't. to either to either. Like if if, well, if, if, with, if with uh, if Phil Spencer comes out and says we allow crossplay, do you go like hell yeah we're going to Xbox, but I can't play with my PlayStation friends like in some context? Well, the yeah, idea I, is just that what's the friendlier company? What's the what's the future you want to have mm-hmm. on consoles going forward? Right. I don't think they're going to steal away PlayStation users right now, but them having this mentality of we're the friendly gamer company. People might think, oh, I'll buy an Xbox in the future. You know? Like Nintendo. Like yeah. if we're a friendly if, gaming company. Ruthlessly squashes everyone <laughs> in their way. <laughs> um like Yahoo! if, if this PlayStation fraud. Why? Like if oh, this did they? No, that was that was Yoshi. Yoshi was a tax fraud. Oh, okay. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, canonically, Yoshi is committed yeah. tax evasion. What I don't the know fuck? how, how all a those, dinosaur has tax to pay, but I don't know. Yeah, all those different dinosaurs named Yoshi. It's going to be confusion of paperwork somewhere. Well, hey, his name is literally Yoshi, Yoshisaur T. Munchakupas. That's his full name. So uh, maybe he, uh, maybe he like incorrectly filled out some tax paperwork or something. He just put Yoshi <laughs> and man. pegged it on some other asshole. I'm surprised there's taxes in the Mushroom Kingdom. I guess uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what someone two, has to pay two, for Peach's castle? Things, I guess right? two things you can't avoid in life: death and taxes. And there's yeah. plenty of pits and monsters <laughs> in Mario. So the other things there is taxes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is disappointing because, like, when I, when I when I think about uh, the the run of the PlayStation Five, and I just think about like the stuff that I will want to play with. Like, I was having this conversation with somebody today. They mentioned in a group chat about Overwatch 2 because, like, I have another group of friends that used to be heavy into Overwatch just as much as you, Marty, and I are have been for its run. And they were talking about Overwatch 2 and getting back into it. But one of the one of the guys, Brayden, he goes, I will play with you guys if they go crossplay. I'm only going to play on PC. So that is the caveat. And I go, well, like, hopefully they smarten up and they do figure it out. I have faith that they will. Um, like at the very least, if they can somehow have cross progression, so my my hero gallery and my levels at least move over between everything, I would then buy multiple copies and I would just play with Brayden on PC when I can and play with you guys elsewhere. But the the idea of just like PlayStation being just centered out for the 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 run of like Overwatch Two, like that is a very disappointing thought to think but, about. You know what's weird about them not allowing Borderlands. There's no store in Borderlands, right? You're not buying digital currencies or anything like that, right? Uh, correct, yes. Because I remember the issue with, with Fortnite, with with um, with um Sony, was that they didn't want people buying uh, V-Bucks on, say, let's say PC, and then going and play on PlayStation, and then just buying your skins on PlayStation and completely bypassing PlayStation's payment system, right? Wasn't that one of their issues? Well, they, yeah. they also did that for other things, though, too. Like, they also did it the other way around. Like, if you bought V-Bucks on PlayStation, then you went to go to PC, you couldn't use your PlayStation purchased V-Bucks. Right. Now, whether that's still the case, I don't know. So it seems weird that you would, like, just punish um, Uncharted, or um, not Uncharted, uh, Borderlands 3. It's very possible they don't want to pay the royalty if they need to. I guess unless they're trying to be fair for all. If they did a, if they did a deal with Epic... 
they'd have to do it with everyone, regardless of the situation, right? Uh, they probably no, don't no. have to. No, they don't have yeah, to. They don't have to. No, but if you want to look fair in, in how yeah. you're treating each oh, publisher. On, a, on an optics PR level, yeah, I agree. Correct. With you, but yeah. yeah, they don't. Well, would it do they like do we have confirmation that this royalty fee that they made a deal with is this like is this a thing for everyone? Because isn't like Outriders crossplay, for example, that's a recent title. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah right. it is. It is cross. So would play. like do they have to play a, pay a royalty then? They brought uh, if the document is accurate, then, then I guess so. I don't know. I don't know if the document says just Epic or other other people. It, it, it only it only it only entails Epic because that's all that was brought up in the case. Right. Right. Interesting, because it's very possible that Gearbox or whoever just was like, no, I don't want to. I'm not paying this royalty. Hmm. Let me just it's double a no check the crossplay me. on. Uh, what was it? Outriders. Sorry, yeah. what? Outriders. Oh, I just want to check the crossplay situation. I know that the crossplay was disabled. I think due to like technical issues, because Outriders yeah. was obviously plagued with issues in the early days. Well, just with the from the PC, they had to keep the PC people apart. But like the Xbox, PlayStation versions are still fine. Yeah, I think I think it's completely cross playable on on any system yeah and there are there are other games that do it like there are uh, epic games has um that monster hunter like game that i installed for a bit oh uh, um fucking yeah what's that called uh oh. val no not valorant um no oh what's it called uh i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up here Ooh. yeah i know what you're talking about does it I start with no a t uh turok that's not that's not correct <laughs> classic man there's a throwback holy shit turok's great um as soon as you say it i'm gonna be like oh god damn it it doesn't oh exist oh my god this is gonna bother anyways that that, that game has full crossplay and what was what's even convenient about it is is it showed above everyone's uh name it would actually show the a proper logo icon it wasn't just like a word it wasn't even just like a letter telling you what it was it actually had the playstation logo xbox logo nintendo switch logo or just a generic pc icon because it covered um epic games um above their names you you also knew who which where you were playing from um dauntless that's what it's called that's the one jesus forgettable i played that twice yeah. yeah i played it um and i was i was put off by the uh sort of like live game yeah. aspect of it i didn't know that it was like an mmo um and i got in and i immediately saw like everybody with like way better shit than i would ever commit the time to getting and i was like yeah i'm just gonna go back and play monster hunter again mm-hmm. i have death stranding in epic games apparently oh, i don't know so where good. I don't know where this came from. And then I have a separate game entry called Death Stranding Content. And there's the add-ons are separate game tile in here. <laughs> is that the soundtrack weird. though? Or what is that? But it says plus two. So I'm assuming that unless there's two soundtracks. Well, it could be a soundtrack and maybe the art book. Yeah, there was there was definitely a separate tile on PlayStation that I uninstalled that was for stuff yeah. like that. I think I think okay. it was art book and soundtrack, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, next story here, Uncharted 4 is likely coming to PC based on PlayStation Investor Report. This is from IGN. Uh, so in a presentation released ahead of Sony's Investor Relations Day, a slide lists Uncharted 4 under a section that reads, More PC Releases Planned. The title sits alongside Days Gone, which was released on PC earlier this month. 
uh adriano since you want all yeah games on pc you want like this one unified place to play all your games what what's yeah. the one like uh, sony title or even nintendo title that you'd want to see on on pc that's an easy one come on grand, oh, grand turismo, turismo? Okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> if if i if somebody told me that if somebody could have guaranteed me at the start of the of the playstation console that um or playstation 5 that overwatch was crossplay and grand turismo was coming to pc i wouldn't have bought a ps5 I would have said, "All right, I'll call it." No, it and makes just, sense, yeah. Yeah, and because then, because then, in theory, if it's Xbox exclusive, it's play anywhere, which means I would have had it on PC. And if it wasn't, that means there would have been like a like a it's like a digital purchase somewhere option on PC. But this is what I want. My future is coming to me exactly the way I wanted it. Well, other than the crossplay. <laughs> The, the, but the but the point is though there are games that can do crossplay like 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 Sony is is doing this last ditch effort to try to stop people from or they're trying to get money out of people from doing crossplay like I like I don't think that's sustainable on a PR level like eventually that is just going to stop and I think I think we will get to the point where where we will not even think about crossplay in the future and it just has to be there and at the few times oh, God will, I hope so. Yeah, and the few times there will not be crossplay, we should be scratching our heads saying, "What the fuck is going on here? Why can I not play with anyone?" Yeah, this, on this isn't version? acceptable. Yeah, this is this is insane. Behind the times. Yeah, that, was, that would be nice, but I I don't see Sony backing down. I think Sony be like, "Yeah, like whatever." Like, we have the I most, think we have the most players, so like whatever. I, I think they will be the last to back down, but they also said at one point that they would never release a game on 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 PC. PC. They yeah, release a game fair. on PC. They also said that they would never ever allow crossplay. They do in some circumstances. Uh, so you know, never say never. Um, never so, say never. What's interesting about Uncharted Four is I obviously don't know if they would if they're going to bring The Last of Us to PC. That's like their kind of landmark title right now, uh, and they, I think they kind of want to keep that brand tied with the the console. But um, I wonder if this just means that they're done kind of with the Uncharted franchise for now. Bringing bringing four over. It's actually their oldest game that they're bringing over to PC as well. Came out in 2016. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn came out. That came in out in 2016. Yeah, Horizon Which Zero game? Dawn oh. came out in 2017. It feels and... older, actually, to me. Which game? Uncharted Four. Uncharted. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, and, I gotta uh, catch up with my games. Holy fuck! The, the most recent one they brought over, Days Gone, was 2019. So it See, doesn't that, really that seem one felt like a, earlier. That one felt like a 2017 game to me. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like it's an age thing where it has to like reach a certain age before they bring it to PC. It might be a. Uh, I I feel like with Horizon it was probably an experiment, and then I think yeah. with the other two it feels like, hey, this feels like bargain bin stuff right now. Days Let's, Gone. Yeah. yeah. Days Gone and Uncharted. <laughs> oh. Like, oh my okay, god. It's like oh, it's, like we're, it's like it's like we're done with this. Maybe we can. Uh, can, it seemed uh, like it was a big success on PC, though. I think it outsold. Uh, what was the most recent releases? Uh, Mass Effect, even I think it beat out on Steam. Yeah, but Mass Effect, Mass Effect is just a remaster. Days Gone is a new release for a new audience who would not have had it otherwise. That is true. That is true. This just Did, this just sparked a thought actually in my head. Is I wonder if that Borderlands Three crossplay is because of its age. 
it's very possible that if they have to pay that royalty, Borderlands 3 has been out for a long time. So it, maybe it's a different situation where they're like, we're not back paying a royalty if that's a thing that has to happen. Or they're just like, we're not paying a royalty on something that we're basically done with. Like we've like, you know, far, uh, Borderlands 3 is out. Like, isn't it, hasn't it been out for a while? Yeah, the DLC's yeah, kind of been released. Um, 2018? Yeah, so it's probably, a, it might be something to do with them being like, we're not, if there is that royalty, we're not paying that royalty on something that's already been done. Like, it's it, this game's done. But it might be a different situation when making a new game. And maybe it's even a that's, different deal with Sony. That's an interesting point. It might not be worth the cost of paying Sony for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So... Also in this investor's call, I think they talked about a new growth area for PlayStation Studios um, being mobile. And so we actually have another story here that Sony will start bringing some iconic PlayStation IP to mobile this financial year. This is from VGC. Uh, speaking during a Q&A session as part of Sony's Investor Relations Day on Thursday, SIE's president and CEO of the company uh, said the company intends to bring some of its iconic IP to mobile during its current business year ending March 2022. PlayStation Battles, Battlestar, or Battle Royale, Battlestar Galactica, whatever it is. Uh, and they said, uh, we are bringing our journey to the to take PlayStation first party IP off console. We started last year by publishing two of our games on PC, Horizon Zero Dawn and Predator, and both were profitable and really had a very successful publishing debut. We will continue that in FY21 and we'll continue that beyond. That classic sony ip that everyone knows and loves <laughs> predator yeah no oh. um it was profitable according to him so what was the what was the, the ps3 game with like uh like a like a 64 person player you know what was it called mag 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 mag, mag coming to ios what was it massive action game 128 sure. players so. sure if you, if you say so <laughs> it was bad is what it was <laughs> I only ever uh, saw that game when I went to Connor's once and he booted it up and there were like 18 people in a game and that was the only server. Uh, oh, really that's sad. horrible. To be fair, this was like 10 years after the game came out. So. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, with the, with the that, that reminds me of the MLB 2K thing coming uh, coming to PC, the Sony, Sony developed game. Sony, oh, right, re- yep. yeah. Yeah. Turns out, because uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass, which is a, a hilarious middle finger to Sony, <laughs> that the Sony game is on the Xbox Game Pass for PC. That's so weird. Eh? It's definitely the MLB that said, put this on it, the consoles, right? Well, so looking into it, it's it's because um, Sony doesn't, Sony developed it as they as they normally do in-house, um, but it, they, Sony didn't publish it on PC. It's it's It was MLB directly that actually published it on PC and they struck the deal with Microsoft but on Game Pass. Yeah, because they obviously want a yeah. larger market, right? Yeah, I just I just find that hilarious. All right. Um well I guess I just we'll just end with like is there, is there any PlayStation IP you would you would want to play on mobile and would you want to like a direct port and maybe play with a controller or something? Or do you want like uh, a, a uniquely crafted I would game. want a uniquely crafted one. And I think Tim already mentioned it. Crash Bandicoot makes sense. I think Sly Cooper Whoa. as well. Sly Cooper. I can see Sly I, Cooper. I would actually love it if they if they cleaned up Sly Cooper and re-released that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a side scroller Sly Cooper. Yeah, I was uh, thinking or like an on the rails thing. 
or uh, just kind of moves you along, and you have to just like jump and attack Ryan's, enemies and stuff. Ryan sounds so upset, so upset. Well, I'm, COD Mobile has really opened my eyes to what's possible on mobile nowadays, and That's I think fair. you could you could have a decent either first person or third person game on a on an iPad now. They're bringing back SOCOM. You heard so it here I, first. You know, I'm probably I'm probably underestimating mobile. You're probably right. It could be the full now. Thing. It's the it's the the one problem is the controller, right? They need people to have a, a controller. Now you can pair obviously your your PlayStation or, or Xbox controllers with with a iPad or or an Android device. Um, but whether people are doing that or not is another question. Tons of games have touch controls on Game Pass Ultimate, though, when you want to stream via XCloud. So I don't think that you ne- definitely need the controller either. But what would the experience be like with a third person game? First person obviously works because because I love COD Mobile, but I'm just wondering about a third-person game. That's a good question. I don't know. I know the Minecraft Dungeons. We were playing that. That's not first-person, and that we were playing that with touch controls. That that might a, actually that be a, an IP worth bringing over. Minecraft Dungeons to to mobile, but that's that's yeah. not Sony. That'd be oh and, right, and it, and it kind of already is too. You just XCloud it. Oh yeah, I'm uh, mixing up my properties. Anyways, it's an exciting time. I think I think mobile's finally at the point where it can kind of go toe to toe with with consoles. That's interesting. I don't know about that, but in in terms of adoption and player base, maybe with yes. with streaming with streaming and a good connection, definitely. Yeah, if it's something like Google Stadium, I, but like I don't consider that to me. That's not mobile though. Like that, you're just you're just playing your your games in it through a different avenue. Well, mobile is just a form factor. It's yeah, a console you, PC. Yeah, but like 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 when 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 Sony when Sony says, "Hey, we want to bring experiences to the mobile platform," and Matt says, "Yeah, like you can you can play you know a stream of whatever." It's like to me, those are not the same thing. They're adjacent, but. Like me taking a controller and streaming or playing an install of Sly Cooper 2 is not the same thing as a dedicated Sly Cooper experience crafted for a a phone. And that the the second one is what I'm more curious about. Like I want to see what a Crash Bandicoot game, one-handed, um, r- endless runner Crash Bandicoot title looks like. Running um, on a device. Running on a device compared to just me pairing a controller, turning my phone 90 degrees, and then playing Crash Bandicoot 3. Like, to me, those are two vastly different experiences. I, I would I would agree with you. With this headline, it does sound like they're making something. Although, yeah. there is that alleged Xbox Game Pass competitor that, they're, that they teased at one point. So, whether the mm-hmm. definition is the same for you and I and them, it remains to be seen. It very well could be that they're releasing literally a Game Pass Ultimate Mm-hmm. Uh, thing and they're going to be streaming games. <laughs> if we had to name that PlayStation comparison to Game Pass, what, what kind of PlayStation tack on name would you think they're going to call it? PlayStation, PlayStation. Pass. Oh wow, you had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And loaded. Yeah, yeah, the chamber ready to go, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I just it just came out. I don't know, but PlayStation Play I, Pass sounds right. Just, that sounds too similar to Game Pass, though. I don't think they'd want to do that. I, I would imagine something like PlayStation Anywhere or something. PlayStation Play Now Factor Play Now? Oh no <laughs> Yeah it's gonna be something bad like that though <laughs> It we're, is we're PlayStation's <laughs> naming condition Fucking sucks Aside from just the main consoles PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 it's Yeah the they only didn't do thing the whole Xbox One 
Yeah. Series one. Oh, X for God's sake. Series S. Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox One yeah. X, Xbox Series X. All right. That's all we got for you. Thanks for listening. But uh, we'll have more next week. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Unless we're yeah. dead. Oh we're my probably gonna be dead, or yeah. or oh just no God. news. There could just be no news at all. That's going to run us all over. Oh god! No, no! I pushed Adriano off his balcony. Remember? It'll be the yeah. first. It'll be the first I can, episode. I can confirm that Matt pushed Matt's me off my here. balcony. <laughs> god, you're going right here. The charges. Yeah, I am, yeah, I am pursuing legal action. <laughs> why? Why to- do you think? Why do you think I haven't been here for the last six weeks? I've been. <laughs> I've been. I've been talking to my lawyers. <laughs> It'd be great if we were on video and, and Adriano had a neck brace on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> god damn it. All right, uh, Tim's, Tim's on the Twitch. You can catch him at uh, twitch.tv slash uh, yeah, that figures. And uh, yeah, boy. We're on the Twitch on uh, on Wednesdays, 830, um, twitch.tv slash daymonepatchmedia. Hell yeah. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Enjoy a video game. Peace. <laughs>